0: your life to be easier your job to be easier this is what diana had to say about emily johnson house theory realty emily is just the best we worked with her to sell our home and buy a new home wait this actually wasn't the one i was looking for hold on Okay, here. This is uh, Tatiana. I had the pleasure of working. The other one is a great one, too. This this is a lender situation. That's why I handpicked this one. I had the pleasure of working with Emily Johnson on a transaction. I was the lender working with the buyers, and Emily was the trusted professional that represented them. Emily was prompt, great to communicate with. Overall, a pleasure to work with. She made it a great experience for all parties involved. If looking for a wonderful agent to buy or sell with, I would highly recommend her. I'm sure those of you who have been or are in the lending industry, you have dealt with those scenarios where it made it much more difficult for you, um, where the buyer was asking you questions that they should have been asking uh, the the their agent, but they couldn't get a hold of their agent, and, they, you know, and it was just a nightmare, and it made your job more difficult. So just remember, Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Can we, you know, let me tell you what needs to happen here in this country. We need a mind shift. And we need to, I'm going to be specific here. We need to start recognizing Harvard for what it is, and that is trash. Trash. Harvard has gotten away, and a number of elite universities have, but we're talking about Harvard right now because the focus and the refusal of Harvard to get rid of the president that that i'm telling you they've known that she plagiarizes that this has come to light that she's plagiarized on numerous different occasions this is what she does one of the individuals from which she plagiarized has said she ought to be not in that position anymore but evidently those are harvard said that's what harvard is saying these are our standards those aren't elite standards that's trash I mean, think about it for a moment. This is an individual that pretty much everyone at this point recognizes did not earn that position. And even if one wants to argue, well, based off her dissertations and the papers she's written, we thought she did, but we've since learned she's plagiarized, she did not earn that position. And we can talk all day about how she got the position... But clearly it's not academic excellence. Clearly it's not leading by example, because there have been numerous students just in the twenty to twenty-one year that were I think twenty-seven students that were kicked out for plagiarism. I'd be interesting to see what the racial component of those students that were kicked out were. Wonder if they were disproportionately Asian. Disproportionately white. Not to get too far off. Harvard is trash. But it's 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 become a label, and there are frankly a lot of people, a lot of parents that recognize it is all about the label. But that's you know that's what matters that it has some. Um, Oh, it's got a cachet to it and, and so even though uh, students that go there may not necessarily get a better education, just having that on a resume uh, gives them a leg up. Why? That I mean we, we've got it that, that is a self-created thing culturally. When you, you're supposed to be this elite standard, and you knowingly allow the president of your university, aside from the anti Semitism, to, to, to be a plagiarist? You're like, yeah, that's okay with us. What isn't okay with you? We know anti Semitism, cheating, dishonesty, these are all virtues of Harvard. It, what, what else about Harvard makes it such an attractive place to go into six figure debt to say, I went to this place? Is this really the virtue we're paying for in this country? Harvard's trash it's a it is an unfortunate reflection of our culture today that instead of Americans saying oh I don't want to be associated with that place just the anti-semitism alone you'd like to think that that would be enough for people to go Psh, definitely don't want Harvard on my resume This is a university that knowingly has a president that's a plagiarist, that is a dishonest individual, unethical individual, a plagiarist, and that's there, they're like, oh yes, this is the best. This is a best representation of our university. Who wants to be associated with that, why? Even if it were free, just as a person. Those are the values that you want to – and listen, I'm not saying that wherever you go that in every – you know, that they have to hit a litmus test on things. But for Pete's sake, why don't we start with what does Harvard provide that's worth paying for other than just the label? If labels are all that matters, I mean, heck, why them have to go through the the whole – dance of going to classes and taking tests and was it i saw that the um was one of these universities turns out they hand out a's like they're candy anyway I, i mean it's just you're you're paying for a label harvard's trash should make a list harvard is the university That earlier this year was listed as the single worst university when it comes to free speech. Of all the places in this country that free speech should be. Tamount. So it should be the one of the priorities it ought to be university campuses where you feel free to talk about things, to exercise your mind, to explore ideas. Yet here you've got Harvard, the, the the worst when it comes to respecting free speech. Well, unless it's calling for the elimination of Jews and then that's okay. Again, that's the label people want on their resume. And then, you know, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, God bless him. But yeah, sometimes when you get into government, you have to be very proactive about not having a government approach. And by government approach, I mean making things more difficult than they have to be. Cotton proposes university endowment tax to fund Ukraine, Israel, and border. Senator Tom Cotton on Tuesday will introduce, this was yesterday, I guess he introduced it, the Woke Endowment Security Tax Act which would impose a one-time tax on the endowments of 10 American universities to fund aid to Ukraine, Israel, and securing the U.S.-Mexico border. The West tax would impose a 6% excise on the 2022 value of the endowments and raise $15.47 billion. Cotton said in a statement, many of America's so-called top universities are failing to condemn anti-Semitism and violence against Jewish students on their campuses. We should levy this tax on these school endowments. A tax on the billions of dollars that these schools have amassed would be more than enough to pay for our aid to Israel and security on the southern border. So the, the motivation behind this, to some degree, is okay. Well, we are going to tax them because of the, you know their failure to condemn anti-Semitism. Well, this is sort of a Rube Goldberg way of going about it. And this is why I say, you know, God bless him. His instinct may be correct here, but the being in Washington D.C. messes with one's mind, where everything has to be more difficult. How about this? Just stop sending them tax dollars. Instead of, well, we're going to send them tax dollars, but then we're going to get some of those tax dollars back, but we're going to tax over here. and Just stop sending them tax dollars. Here's this story. Elite American universities receiving billions in federal funds, see rise in anti-Semitism, gain the tax code. And it's about Harvard and, and University of Pennsylvania, billions of dollars a year. Harvard and UPenn which have been among the colleges at the center of the storm, have received billions in federal payments over the past five years and billions more in federal tax breaks on their endowments. How about we just stop the tax breaks on the endowments? But you don't even have to do that. Let's just start with cut off their tax dollars. Why are we funding these universities anyhow? Now, I could tell you one of the reasons because, well, that's just a step to, well, we can't do that. This is part of the Washington mindset. Well, we can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you can't just, why? Let's for one moment, let's just for a moment pretend that Harvard doesn't exist. How different would we be as a country? If Harvard just did not exist, how different would we be? I mean, it'd be one less place for anti-Semites to gather and call for the elimination of Jews. It would be one less place for a plagiarist to be a university president. But outside of that, would our country, do we really need Harvard to, and I'm not even saying that it has to go away. You just, the argument, of course, well, if you cut off federal tax dollars, it'll cease to exist. You know what? If it's that valuable, it will not cease to exist because people will continue to pay to go there if it is actually that valuable. And I suspect it would still exist because of the label but fact of the matter is can we not just say let's cut off the funding instead of well we're going to put a one-time tax and it's going to be on this and then we're going to use it for this and just stop the funding this instinct that well we can't not fund things that we don't need to fund latest news update Good morning everyone, I'm Angela Luna. We're following reports of a stabbing in Springfield. Police confirming with Color 10 last night a woman was walking in the area of Madison and Golden when she says a man jumped out and stabbed her in the stomach with a pair of scissors. The woman told police the man ran off after the stabbing. Officers searched the area but never found him. Police tell us the woman's injuries were not life-threatening and she was taken to a hospital for treatment. We'll continue to update this as we learn more. A second teen has been charged in the death of a Marshfield man. A Warrant has been issued for the rest of Alyssa Staples. Investigators say she and Thomas Smith Jr. stabbed a man to death in June after an argument. During the investigation, detectives found blood in one of the suspect's bedrooms, which linked them to the crime. Smith pleaded not guilty to the crime in August. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The first alert forecast from... Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks, home improvements. Partly sunny day, high of 54, clear 34 tonight. Tomorrow's sunny with a high of 57. Oh. Santa's Angels, you want to do this pitch here, lady? Yes. Today is the final day to get those presents in. So if you have one of those ornaments that you pulled off one of the Santa's Angels trees, make sure to get them over here to the station by 5 p.m. That's when we close. We're open right now. So make sure to just drop them by. Uh, And I want to say thank you to everyone who has participated in Santa's Angels this year. It truly means a lot to us. I know that the businesses who also participate, uh, the tree locations, uh, they give a huge thank you as well so i just really appreciate it Uh, but if you do once again have one of those ornaments if you have presents kind of looming out there please make sure to get those back uh by 5 p.m today all right uh cameras are uh focused on a doorway hunter biden deposition soon he may be held in contempt of congress if he doesn't show up okay I'm sure that's really weighing on him. That's part of his decision making process Hunter by names to prove DOJ only charged because of political pressure. Now, there's a couple of real interesting stories. Washington Examiner has this piece regarding his defense team, and they want the Department of Justice to turn over documents on its decision to change course and charge Biden's son for gun crimes, arguing that the evidence will force a judge to dismiss the case. Hunter Biden asked U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Noreika in court filings this week to toss the criminal indictment immediately. But if that effort fails, he wants the court to compel the DOJ to release documents on the behind the scenes deliberation on charging the first son. Now, this is this is potentially pretty fascinating because arguably he's right. Arguably, the Department of Justice decided to charge him for political reasons but not to hurt Joe Biden, to help him. One of the approaches that has been noted prior to where we are today is, of course, all right, if if your job, your plan here is to, in fact, interfere in an election so that Biden wins and Trump loses. And there was a a great deal of discussion about the difficulty this administration, this Department of Justice would have to to, to continue to go after Trump while giving Hunter Biden a free pass. And increasingly polling shows that Americans believe that that is a problem, a problem of corruption in which under Biden, the Department of Justice is protecting his family. And so there's been a great deal of discussion about politically how can that, what, what, if you're in the Department of Justice, if you're the Biden administration and you are rigging the system, how do you do it in a way that's going to best benefit you? And one of those ways is to demonstrate that this isn't about politics from the Department of Justice by saying, look, we're even going after the president's son. Knowing that Biden can always pardon Hunter whether if he loses the election before he is finished with his first term on his way out doing those last minute pardons or if he does get reelected he's got the ability to do it so hunter biden's approach here that this is political could be true but not political in a way that helps him now when it or not not politically in a way that is to uh, to get him to hurt biden his dad now, here's the interesting thing about it. I don't know if this is the thinking behind it. If I'm a judge, and I'm not, I don't know a lot of you know the, the legality component to this, but I would think if the argument before me is this should be thrown out because there were political considerations made as to whether to charge me or not. And if, those, if that's shown to be true, those are legal grounds to have it thrown out. It shouldn't matter which way politically it was supposed to help or hurt. So arguably, even if it was done in order to help Joe Biden, the fact that the law should not be utilized for political purposes, regardless of who it helps, legally, potentially could be a reason to throw it out. Uh, Is that the thinking here? Politically speaking, however, if that sort of information came out, that would not bode well for Joe Biden. But There's another component to this that we don't know about. There is this assumption that the Bidens are all thick as thieves and that one would be willing to take a sword or fall on the sword for the other. And that's not always the case. You never know. You know, Hunter Biden could be out there leveraging what he knows against his dad and telling his dad, you'd better have the Department of Justice do this. You'd better have the Department of Justice do that. The Department of Justice has gotten to the point where maybe Garland, he's sick and tired of everyone viewing him as the lapdog of a senile old man. And so he's pushing forward with some of this stuff. And Hunter's upset because he knows that, you know, that his dad is just as involved in any of this. And why am I the one taking the fall for something that you have been part of all this time? And so there there could be backstabbing and turmoil going on within the Biden family. And again, they could all be thick as thieves and they will all go down together as one. Uh, but I, I think that this assumption that one will consistently and always cover for the other is not an assumption that should necessarily be made. At the same time, there are reports that are clearly leaked out on purpose. President Biden feeling guilty over Hunter's legal problems suggests that his 2020 run has made it worse. Now, there are some components to this that could also be true. But it doesn't mean that Hunter's innocent. This is another thing that gets overlooked, all this. The some of these charges that are that he's facing aren't even are it's not even a matter of whether he did it or not. It's not like a murder case. A murder case in which somebody's saying I didn't do it. Like when it comes to some of the tax implications him not paying the taxes no one denies that he doesn't deny it no one denies it he broke the law when it comes to lying on the federal application nobody's denying it I mean he did it it's they they have the federal application which he falsely claimed he wasn't doing drugs you know. so you have some of these instances where it isn't even a matter as to you know whether he did it or not. It's just whether or not he's going to be held accountable. I'm going to take a quick break. More ahead, I'm Nick Reed. Got a traffic update coming here. Someone had asked, have they even bothered yet explaining how it is that Hunter made all this money? No. (laughs) Uh, In fact, Daily Caller has a story. Chinese business associate paid Hunter Biden $1 million for non-existent legal services. A million dollars. They couched a lot of it as legal services, yet none of the legal services were ever rendered. No evidence of it whatsoever. Now, I suppose they could try to claim, well, it was a retainer. Uh, it was, you know, a million dollars, a down payment for future services. Of course, no paper trail whatsoever. There is another question. Well, if Biden, the Washington Examiner has a piece that the, the Biden legal folks, are asking for the DOJ to turn over emails regarding the reason that all of the sudden they decided to go after Hunter. The argument being this should be thrown out because they believe they're going to be able to present evidence that this shows that there that it was for political reasons, which means it should be thrown out. Now, obviously, though, I mean we're, we're clearly not in an equal justice system any longer, so yeah. Hey, you know. Everyone should be treated equally. We know that's not the case. Now, I argued that there, there very well could be, and I don't know that Hunter's people don't know. The Department of Justice may have said, you need to request these emails, and here's what you're going to find. I want to talk about that also coming up here. Traffic update, I'm Nick. First alert forecast, sponsored by Wolfpack Cleaners, your residential and commercial cleaning professionals from Color 10 Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, Hardly sunny today with a high of 54, clear 34 tonight, tomorrow sunny 57. Hunter Biden names to prove DOJ only charged him because of political pressure. His legal team, they are wanting the Department of Justice to turn over documents on its decision to change cores and actually hold him accountable for the laws that he broke. Arguing that... The evidence will force the judge to dismiss the case because the judge will see evidence it was made for political reasons. Now, let's play this out because this is a very, very likely scenario. A very likely scenario is that somewhere at some point there were emails noting Republicans making a lot of noise about the fact that they were not charging Hunter Biden. Now, That is a perfectly reasonable thing for Republicans to be complaining about. For Republicans to complain that the Department of Justice is refusing to treat the son of the president like anyone else would be treated. Particularly when it comes to two areas that Joe Biden promised if he became president they were really going to start holding people accountable for. And that was tax evasion. And illegal gun ownership, specifically lying on federal forms. Those are two things specifically that Joe Biden talked about. If he got elected president, he was going to really crack down on. And those are the two things that the Justice Department were not going after Hunter for. So very legitimately, you could have had, and there were, I mean, very legitimately, Republicans complaining about this fact. You could have also had the Department of Justice... Communicating people within the department with one another and about how they are worried about the perception of the Department of Justice giving unfair treatment to the president's son and essentially be seen in communication, noting that because of the politics surrounding everything, they probably need to go ahead and charge Hunter Biden. Now, the the thing of it, though, however, is that sometimes the political reasons are not wrong. Just because it's political doesn't mean it's wrong. Sometimes the right thing to do is political. Sometimes the political thing to do is right, rather. When you have the majority of Americans that look at the system and believe it's rigged, When you have a significant number of Americans going into election, believing that the Department of Justice is protecting the president's family, not doing something is, you know, has a political component doing something. So either which way, there is a political component, and deciding to do something for political reasons doesn't again mean that it was the wrong thing to do you know if if it is politically advantageous to enforce the law and to treat hunter biden like everyone else then the fact of the matter is that's still what is supposed to be done it's i'll give you an example we have seen A number of left wing prosecutors across this country and a number of mayors in particular after their cities are dealing with massive crime, all of a sudden have switched their narrative when it comes to funding police. Now, not all some have stuck to their guns, but some of these Democrat mayors that were all about this. Uh, defunding the police and not being so tough on criminals and not having, you know, you got the zero bail and, and all of these different areas, and they've recognized that it is working against them. So for political reasons, they are now talking about funding the police. They are now talking about being tough on crime. Does that mean it was wrong for them to do that? No. They may have been doing it for the wrong reasons, but it was still the right thing to do. So sometimes you can have people in power that are doing things for political reasons, but they also happen to be the right thing to do. Now, that's irrelevant to the Hunter Biden's legal position here, evidently. They are just wanting to show, hey, look, they were taught, here are emails where they're talking about feeling pressure because of Republicans... Because of the constant drumbeat from Republicans that that I'm not being targeted. And here are emails with people who are in the decision-making process talking about that pressure and how they may need to start thinking about charging me. And if a judge sees that, their thought is, well, you got to throw this out. Because clearly they made the decision for political reasons. It's a pretty smart approach. In no way, shape, or form. Being anywhere even close to a legal expert, it seems like the sort of thing. In this day and age, that could potentially work. Meanwhile, President Biden says there are reports he's feeling guilty over Hunter's legal problems, suggesting that his 2020 run made it worse. So you're starting to see a bit of a narrative here. Biden's relationship, this is according to Fox News, with Attorney General Merrick Garland has grown icy and he's reportedly expressed guilt over Hunter Biden's legal problems, suggesting to people close to him that his son would not be facing indictments if he didn't run for president in 2020. So this is, again, it's trying to create this narrative out there that the only reason poor Hunter is being held accountable for crimes he committed, again, some of these crimes are not questioned. The only reason is because of politics. The outlet, uh, this was an Axios report, quote, the 81 year old president has suggested to close associates that if he hadn't run in 2020, Hunter wouldn't be facing criminal prosecution or be the target of daily stories by conservative media, all while trying to stay sober and rebuild his life. Oh, poor Hunter, the victim. The Axios story was headlined Biden Hunter trigger president feels guilty sad angry when son is attacked and so again it's poor poor hunter poor joe they are all victims in this not the people who actually broke the law they, you know that, that's not what they are they're not the lawbreakers they are the victims Hunter Biden, during a podcast appearance with Moby, the musician, said Republicans were trying to kill him. Quote, they're trying to destroy a presidency. And so it's not about me in their most base way. What they're trying to do is they're trying to kill me, knowing that it will be a, a pain greater than my father could be able to handle and therefore destroying a presidency in that way, calling them very sick people. I mean, the, the Bidens are apparently all sociopaths. Now, you could also look at this as the beginnings of laying a groundwork for Biden to respectfully bow out. There's a number of different things that all of these tea leaves could mean. If it has gotten to the point where Joe Biden is being told, if I said Hunter, I meant Joe. If it's gotten to the point where Joe Biden's being told, you got to drop out of this thing. We've tried to go after Trump. It's not working. The American people are sympathizing with him instead of you. It is highlighting what people view as a dual justice system in this country. Nothing we're doing, nothing is working. For the sake of the country, you you said the only reason that you you ran the first time was to stop Trump. You said the only reason you're running this time is to stop Trump. We're here to tell you that that's not going to work. So you need to step aside. Well, what does he do? What does he say? He can't exactly say, I've been a horrible president. You can't exactly say because of all the corruption. So what do you do? You do it for the family. You begin to paint the picture so that the media and people like Claire McCaskill can go on television talking about how poor Hunter, poor Joe. What a horrible thing Republicans are doing to this poor all-American Norman Rockwell family. How horrible it is. And you begin leaking out that Joe Biden himself feels guilt-ridden. And he's already lost one son. And here Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden out there on a podcast talking about how Republicans are trying to kill him. Because they know, they know that if they get him, and maybe not literally kill him, but just take him out you know, get him in prison, that his dad wouldn't be able to handle it. He would probably die from the grief. He's already lost one son. He can't lose another. And so you create a world in which, which Joe Biden, not necessarily for the sake of the country, but for the sake of his family, has to step down because the Republicans, in their evil, sick, twisted ways, forced Joe Biden to pick between the country and his own family. And you can't blame a man who's in his final years, who loves his son trying desperately to survive his way out of addiction. You cannot blame the man, the father, for making the decision that he did to put his family first. I mean, you can just watch it right itself. Is that what this is? Maybe it, it, Maybe it's just to leave that door open But this is, at the same time, normal people like you and me trying to figure out the minds of psychopaths, and that's not always as simple as one may think. What child is this? Who laid? I want to switch gears here on something that, on one hand, it, it, it is larger scope of things for a lot of people is going to seem irrelevant. In fact, this is one of the arguments Democrats are making, but on the other hand, it says a lot about where we are. There currently is a battle of sorts in Congress over milk in the schools. As you know, Michelle Obama was obsessed with body image for kids. In fact, she at one point said that childhood obesity, little fat kits that did not fit the ideal physical image, were a bigger national security threat to this country than terrorism. She's pretty hardcore about this stuff. And this was the project she was given. And we learn that of course it was a one size fits all. It was very anti-science, very anti-nutritional, putting these arbitrary requirements on the amount of calories that you could feed a kid. And it was the same for some 300 pound kid that played video games all day uh, as it was for some lean athletic student that just did 90 minutes of track meat practice or football or whatever, And you know, it, but it's typical government. milk was one of the targets of Michelle Obama. So this this bill would allow public schools to go back to serving 2% milk and whole milk which were banned in 2012, due to concerns about saturated fat and rising obesity amongst young people, again, sort of like blaming the gun sort of scenario. I mean, here you can have some extremely athletic individual that drinks milk, is very, very healthy, uh, but because you also see a fatty drinking it, that means that we should get rid of milk. That That's the illogical approach of the left. But Michelle Obama, for whatever reason, I mean, she didn't really have any sort of uh, degree in nutrition. She was given this job because she was an expert. It's all that matters. She's, we're told she's an expert, so she's given that authority. Proponents of the bill note that whole milk is more filling, so students who drink it are less likely to continue searching for calories elsewhere afterwards, uh, and that the better tasting 2% or whole milk is more likely to be consumed when some students may opt for juice or soda over skin milk. Now, th- this is, uh, again... One, look at how micromanaging government is in this country over our lives, this this laughable notion we're a free country. It may take an act of Congress to allow kids to drink 2% milk because the great Michelle Obama had in her mind you know, the perfect image of what a child should look like and made that one of her pet projects that, that she got through. Like th- this is what government's doing. At the same time, we are told that these same kids should be able to have sex change operations if they so choose, but they are not allowed to decide if they want 2% milk. Think about how twisted and maniacal that perspective is. To claim that children are not wise enough to decide whether or not they can have 2% milk, but if they want to have chemicals pumped into their body, get castrated, get double mastectomies, while all the time hiding it from their parents, these same people are fully supportive of that as some sort of virtue. Explain that. The utter insanity that goes on in our education system, these are institutions that are supposed to be about making people more intelligent, about people thinking, yet you look at the absurdity. It, it, it has gotten to the point you almost won, and I know many people have. They throw up their hands. They're like, what's the point anymore? We have idiots running these things. It, total morons. Psychopaths. To fight against a kid, you know, well, we need the gov- we need government and parents and, and experts. No, it's the experts. We need experts to say what milk kids can drink because they are not of an age. And plus, at 2%, I mean... Oh, it could do harm to their body. Milk, it doesn't do the body good. It doesn't harm. Now, pumping chemicals into them that forever and irreversibly can sterilize them, alters their body. Now that that's different. See that that's a wonderful thing. That's fantastic. But you keep that milk away from them. And by the way, this is what this is the card. I really wish. I'd love to see some. Uh, Conservatives, Republicans play this card. What happened to body positivity? I thought we were embracing people who chose to be satisfied with their bodies. People like Lizzo. We have all of these celebrities that get put on a pedestal. You have these ad campaigns of obese women. And we're told beauty comes in all shapes. We should not only criticize people for eating and behaving in a manner that leads to increased body weight, but we should praise them for body positivity. But kids, we're going to deny them milk because it's got fat content in it? Makes sense of that. I'd love to see all these lefties that go on and on about body positivity come out and, you know, support it for kids. And where are the body positivity cheerleaders when it comes to Michelle Obama, who's obsessed with eliminating society of fat kids? Oh, that's kind of an inconvenient conflict, isn't it? Hey, don't forget all those home loan needs. You're in better hands, the best hands possible with the characters at IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. And that is step one. You're even thinking of looking at a home, maybe just for funsies. You don't really plan on it, but yeah, in the back of your mind, well, I guess if we found the perfect dream home, you want to have that security of knowing what you're approved for, and and have that ability to show it to the person selling the home to say, hey, we're good for it. So it's a Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon. You don't have to worry about scrambling on Monday, and then it's going to take twenty four hours to get that information, and just just start out at I want a great home loan because you do. So apparently. Uh, Hunter Biden is not going to comply with the uh, the subpoena, the deposition, um, any of that, saying that it's shameless. And he either did hold or he's going to hold a press conference in which he exonerates his father. Oh, okay. Well, I guess then is that how it works? Wait, is that is that how it works when Don Jr. says, "My, uh, you know, hey, uh, Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong." Dad didn't do anything wrong. Uh, Is that how that works? Okay. This wasn't sure because I know that we treat without political influence whatsoever. Both sides equally here. Uh, What a what. Thank goodness. Joe Biden has brought dignity back to the White House, back to the United States of America. All Americans can stand just a little taller and a little prouder with him in the White House. Talk to you tomorrow. Glenn Beck's next. I'm Nick Reed.